uncommon sense advice on your work life, your personal life, and God knows what else. Welcome to How to Do Life with Dr. Marty Nemco. I am a dog person, and if you are one or potentially one, I think you'll find this uh, rather comprehensive, I'm guessing roughly half hour, informative. I am not a dog expert, and I think that makes me a better person to talk about this. I have had dogs my whole life, trained them myself, never hired a trainer. Yes, I use the internet to have gotten some information, but you know, almost anybody who's a professional is so into their craft that they provide more details or demand more details and more perfection and more comprehensiveness than is necessary. So this is hopefully a common sense guide to dogs, should you get one. How should you train them? How much training is enough? Some tips on walking, some tips on dealing with problems, and stories along the way to hopefully keep it relatively entertaining, but no exaggeration, no BS. So I think I will start with a story. People often ask, why did I name my dog Hachi? Well, if you saw the movie Hachi, you'll know, but if you haven't, here's the story, no exaggerations. The year is 1910. The town is Shibuya, Japan. A professor had a dog named Hachi, and every day Hachi would walk along with the owner to the uh, train station. The train door would open, professor would go in, door closed, Hachi toddles back home. Five o'clock, the whistle blows for the turning train. That's the signal for Hachi to come back. Door opens from the train, the professor comes out, walk home. They do this every day for a year and a half. Then one day, five o'clock, whistle blows. Hachi comes to the train station, door opens, no professor. The professor dies at work. Guess how long Hachi waited for his owner? His entire life, 10 years. The people around the train station took care of him. And because the Japanese honor loyalty, they have built nine statues around Japan uh, honoring uh, Hachi. And there is a movie, as I mentioned, called Hachi with Richard Gere, which I commend to your attention if you have a box of Kleenex. Uh, next dog story is how I got my Hachi, fairly thorough by nature. I signed up for after my lovely dog Einstein uh, finally passed away. I uh, set up for all kinds of alerts for all the, there are these websites that aggregate all of the dogs that are available in, in rescues and humane societies and pounds. Petfinders.com, petharbor.org, uh, and adoptapet.com. Anyway, so I had looked through a bunch of dogs and I actually adopted one sweet little dog named Angel, was an angel except that I exercised pretty vigorously. And they, at this particular pound, they didn't have vets check the dog, only a vet tech. So I took the little angel to my vet and the vet says, this guy's got a heart murmur of significance. I think, you know, if you're an active hiker, you don't want this dog. So I had the pain of taking him back. Long story short though, finally I get an alert for a dog that there was no picture, but it said, call for more detail. But it was the right size and the right age. I wanted a young adult dog. And I call and they say, the dog has been roaming the streets of San Jose for five months. He's uh, all shaved. He was infected with foxtails. We had to shave him in order to get the, uh, the infections out. His ears are infected, but we all love him. He's the sweetest dog. Well, that trumped everything for me. And so I hopped in the car, drove down and they have, this was, this is the Silicon Valley Humane Society uh, funded by uh, Facebook, Twitter, and all those guys. And uh, they treat the dogs very well. And each dog has a little condo with a bed and a TV and piped in music and tons of toys. So we open the door to the condo and there is Hachi sleeping, which is very much in character. And he lifts his little head and he toddles over and he rests his head on my knee. 
And I was prepared with all these personality tests, but I started to cry out and say, yeah, he's mine. That actually embeds some, some important attributes. You want a dog, you know, we overestimate the power of a, a dog as a watchdog. The probability of a dog barking, being a watchdog, being of net benefit to you, saving you from being robbed or whatever, versus annoying everybody, including yourself, is small. I encourage you to get a non-barky doggy and a sweet doggy so that when you walk and you approach children or families or anybody, they're not intimidated. I love my little dog. I went, the dog cost me very little, but I spent the 79 bucks, which is about the same as the dog cost me, on a genetic test, and he is 75% miniature poodle, 15% hound of unknown origin, and 10% cocker spaniel. Hachi, I think I have to show you. Hachi, Hachi, you want to eat? Come here, you. I have to keep my promises. So, but first I want to show you, that's my sweet Hachi. Okay, so now you've seen him. Now, next thing I want to tell you is, there. you know, it's amazing how many people, when you ask, prefer dogs or people, and a surprising number of people say dogs. And yes, some of it is the unconditional love. I love that even if I, God forbid, step on his tail, which I've done once or twice in his life, he's, he's very forgiving and loving and always very sweet. Also, he brings such joy. We, when I walk down the street, people smile at him because he's a, he's a nice lady. He was, believe me, he was really ugly. He was beauty and the beast. He was the beast, and you know, like I told you, he was shaved, but when it grew in, he's, he's, he's quite cute. People smile, and they say, oh, what a happy doggy. And they pet, and little children want to pet him. And then, you know, there's no dogs allowed in a, um, except a service dog in a, uh, a supermarket, but once I was outside and one of the, the clerks from Trader Joe's pets the dog and said, oh, what a sweet dog. You could bring him in. So I brought him in and since then, every, you know, the, all the, not all, but a, a large number of the Trader Joe's clerks will stop for 10 seconds and get a little break. They work so hard and they pet the dog and they love the dog, especially, I won't even mention the name, I don't want to get her in trouble. But there are myriad advantages to getting a dog, but there are myriad disadvantages. It is having a child who never grows up. I cannot not give him his meal. I cannot get him out for walking his exercise, and his exercise, which of course is good for me as well, because I have to get my exercise. You've got to take care of him. You got to note if there's a change in his health. You've got to give him the, these, well, notice I gave him a very healthy tube called Veggie Dent, which is, uh, uh, which helps him, keeps their teeth so they don't have get, get bad gums. It really is having a child who never grows up, and it's going to, if you choose a small dog, it's going to last 15 to 18 years, a big dog, maybe 10 to, you know, 9 to 12. It's a long-term commitment. When I travel, I won't put them in a kennel. They tend to get kennel cough and whatever. I have, I hire somebody off of rover.com, or now I have a list of a few people who are dogs. That they come and stay in the house. It costs a little money, but my dog sleeps where he wants. It's very reliable. The, the rover people have been fantastic. So it is a huge responsibility, but do choose one that is sweet. That ends up trumping everything. And critically, your first week, I mean, I am a very busy guy like many of you, but I knew that first week because I've had dogs my whole life. That first week has got to be devoted to training. Not nonstop training. I'm not compulsive. I, I, you know, I don't need to make him perfectly by my side, but I, he, I won't tolerate any peeing or pooping in the house. So. I didn't put them in crates. I don't believe in crates. It's really, you know, yeah, they get used to it, but I don't, even though that's conventional wisdom among the professionals, no, 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 no. I just kept him in the room with me 
and when he was sleeping. And as soon as he got up, I took him out to the backyard, and I waited patiently until he peed. And I had treats ready in my hand. And as soon as he peed or pooped, I praised the hell out of him, and I gave him the treat. And every time, you know, you can sense it, when not just when they wake up, if they start to get a little antsy or start smelling around, I lifted him up and took him out right outside the backyard. And he's now, on, after just a, maybe three days, didn't even take a whole week, of that he was perfectly trained. And he had been roaming the streets of San Jose for five months. So I really, really prioritize, and that's worked with every one of my dogs. I just make that commitment. But I'm not, you know, uh, I also am not a nut about, I, I like my dog on my bed. I sleep with my dog. My wife and I sleep with the, with the dog. It's very sweet and loving. He generally sleeps at the foot of the bed, so it's not his hot body all over us. But it's very loving and very sweet. And I also, so he's on the sofa. So, so I've got to occasionally clean it, which is very rare. You know, I like him to be comfy and don't feel restricted. So sometimes he chooses to be on the sofa, sometimes on the floor. I am moderate. If he were, if he pulls, I don't, you know, pull, yank hard or whatever. A, a little gentle tug with it, with it. I don't want to say the word N-O, but I say no in a firm way. He gets the basic point across. If I had a more aggressive dog who was even in play lunging, I would either, my first level of defense would be a more firm no and a moderate tug. But if he was one of those more aggressive dogs, I would shield my dog away from the other dog so he wasn't stimulated and I'd give him a treat when he, if he wasn't barking or whatever. And eventually he would get the message. But that's about all the training. I mean, I. I have tried and I'll admit failed to do cum training. I've read all about how to teach a dog to cum and it's important, but it doesn't seem to work, so I'm not going to say anything about it. Use the internet to find a better way than approach. Oh, I do want to tell a little story about um, my brother-in-law's dog, Harry, who would wander out in the middle of the night, miles away, apparently, and then come back and jump through the way. Oh, I know what it was. No. My brother-in-law lived five miles from us. This was 30 years ago. And in the middle of the night, one time, our window was open, and in comes Harry, the dog, from five miles away. And then he got hugged by us, and then he immediately jumped out the window, and he was back at his owner's house. So dogs can run away. you got to be careful about that. I did lose one dog. I was visiting my parents, and I brought my doggy, and he got lost. We couldn't find him. So anyway, enough of that. you got to be careful about that. And I do like letting my dog off the leash in places where it's safe, but you got to be careful about that. Okay, what else do I want to say? If a little bit, a, a friend of mine, I told my uh, a friend that I was going to be making this, this video, and I, he said, talk a little bit about animal behaviors. People make the mistake of thinking that a wagging tail is happiness. A wagging tail is excitement. It's not negative. It's kind of positive enthusiasm, excitement, or whatever. Not a, Just so that you know. Tail down tends to be either sad or scared. Certainly, it doesn't take a genius to know that bared teeth, let alone growling, and uh, aggressive barking and lunging are signs of aggression. And you sure don't want a dog like that. I don't care if you feel, you know, if you def don't accept what I said, that security should not be a major factor in your choosing a dog. You're, you're risking a lot, risking other people, including yourself. Don't, no aggressive dogs, sweet dogs. Dogs, when you approach, maybe will gently smell your hand or rub up against you, but not cowering, not fearful, sweet, people-centric. 
is the kind of dog you are. Not a big jumper either. And oh yeah, I do want don't my dog to jump on people. It's not rude. It's not polite. So I, I will say often I'll turn away, not give him any attention. I also won't allow him to beg for food because that really makes mealtime annoying. So he will never, ever get something from the table. After we're finished and we want to clear the table, then I will put the plates on the, on the floor and he will lick them. So there's low calorie, but while we're eating, he gets nothing. And he's perfectly trained. All my dogs have been perfectly trained in that regard. Uh, speaking of treats, that's one they like because it's, I don't want to get my dog fat. And so just licking the, you know, I, I scrape the plate so there's not a lot of food in there, or almost any food on it. But he gets to lick it, which he really likes. Anything with oil, you know, or grease or spices, mild spices, they like. What else? Treats. I also, as I said, I want to keep their teeth good. So the treats I use are things that really massage the gums. And there are two that I like. They're both natural and wonderful. One is Veggie Dent, and one is Whimsies. Either are fine. I just alternate for the hell of it. We all like some variety. Uh, in terms of food, I there's so much crap that goes in the dog food. Normally, I use the highest quality food, even though it costs almost 100 bucks a 25 pound bag, and that's called Origin O R I J E N. Uh, you can, if you Google it, you'll see it's top rated. I feel like that's a, a good, you know, to the extent to which diet matters. Why not do that? That's a reasonable expense, and so that's that's that. I love to give my dog pleasure, so I give him toys, various toys and whatever his favorites, and I rotate them because they like novelty. Dogs, sure they like to be petted on the head or on the back, but their favorite places are actually behind the ears or behind the rump, uh, between, you know, uh, his hindquarter, over they're called haunches. They love to get massaged there, and I do that for a moment, no big deal. When I take my little micro breaks, that's what I do. Feeding, I've had to vary. Some dogs that I've had you can free feed, they won't overeat. And I, we just put a canister out and they'll eat as much as they want, little bits throughout the day, that's great. But uh, but Hachi would will eat a ton and tend to get fat. So I have to feed him twice a day. And given his size, he's 32 pounds. I give him essentially two handful, one handful in the morning and one handful in the evening. And I really have a fairly ritualistic time about it, both so I don't forget. And he likes, dogs love ritual. They like the routine. We have a pretty stable ritual throughout the day. I'll just briefly tell you to give you an example. So we sleep together, and then, I, um, and then in the morning, the first thing I do is I go upstairs, I check my email. No, I go upstairs and I feed him. And then he knows that. Once he knows he sees me going up the stairs, he races up because he wants to be fed. I'll then go check my email and anything important. And he doesn't have to go out that second, uh, but... As soon as I can, I take him out, and we usually go on a 45-minute hike, quite hilly, and that gets him on total empty, you know, peeing and pooping, and I get my exercise, and I do my thinking about my first client or what I'm going to write. And that's a ritual we do every morning, really seven days a week. And then little walks, roughly four times a day. The others are 10-minute walks, typically. They have a few different favorite walks. He loves the rituals, in my, and I feed him typically at, roughly at 7.30, and then again at 4.30 or 5 o'clock each day with with maybe three of those kind of little treats. I make them small so I don't want him, again, I don't want him to get fat because, again, skinniness is good for longevity. And believe me, it is extraordinarily painful, just like with a human being. You see a doggy decline and then he, he's ignorant about what's going on and then he, I have to make a, that difficult decision to when to have him put to sleep. And I remember uh, maybe the saddest moment of my life is one of my 
my sweetest, sweet one of my sweetest dogs, Manga, had to be put to sleep at age 17, and I was pounding the walls of the vet's office. I just couldn't take it. So anyway, keep your dog skinny, get them exercise and a lot of love and consistency, you know. And especially a mixed breed. I'm a huge fan of mixed breed dogs. Hybrid vigor, they're not inbred, and you're saving a life, unlike when you go to a breeder. You have to be patient because these days, I, it took me a long time. All there were were you know German shepherds, pit bulls, and chihuahuas, and I didn't want any of that. I, I like a sweet little dog, relatively little, not a, you know, a sweet little dog. And it took a few months. I had to be patient, as I said. I had to return one dog who was very sweet but had that heart condition. Make the one-time effort to get the sweet dog you want and treat it the way I've described and you'll be fine. I do give him fresh water every day in addition. Don't use one of those stretch-out leashes that can trip on people and it's just, you really, you know, you think you're giving the dog more freedom. I believe in a three-foot three leash. Uh, keep him relatively close to you. It gives him a little room, but, but there's a fair degree of closeness and bonding. I love that. Also, uh, you choose when he's going to, dogs lead with their noses, and so they're going to, they're going to choose, they'll want to, you know, they hold their pee, they pee, you know, it takes normally 40 minutes to get them on empty, and they'll use a little bit at a time, but you'll be stopping every second, and that's not fun for you as a walk, so I make a rule normally, that after he's peed, I won't let him go, stop, even if he's pulling, I won't let him stop unless we've gone at least 200 feet, that way, uh, I get to enjoy a little bit of walking, and I control where he's going to pee. So if it's a sunny day and I want to be out of the sun, I'll look for the next spot that's uh, shady. And vice versa, if it's cold in the winter, I'll look for a sunny spot, but I choose where we stop for peeing and pooping. My dog, he's hypoallergenic, which is another thing. He doesn't shed. That's another thing you might want to consider. These poodles and poodle mixes don't shed, and Hachi is one of them. And But the bad news is he needs to be brushed about twice a week, which I do with a comb like this the wide side. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be compulsive, but you know, it's a narrow side. I use the wide side and brush it maybe twice a week. He likes it, and then afterwards I give him one of those treats, so it's not too, he doesn't mind it very much. But about every two to three months, every three months, I do take him to my lovely vet, uh, my groomer, uh, Vanessa Padron, and uh, she does a great job of uh, keeping him from getting mats and looking beautiful. I talked about my travel. Dogs are going to, some dogs are going to eat shit, and you want don't want to let them do that, obviously. Just, just both say no you know, in a pleasant way. Now, there's always this thing about dogs being allergic to chocolate. It's, I'm sure it's true. But one time we were having company and had a two pound box of C's candy. And my dog, it was Manga. Uh, Manga got into it and ate almost the whole two pounds. Yes, he vomited it all up, but he was fine. So maybe we don't need to be quite as, certainly don't feed your dog chocolate, but if God forbid he gets a piece of chocolate, it's probably not death. Oh, certainly flea control is very important. I use these topics from my dog, Advantix 2, works very well, uh, no side effects, it's available over the counter, and once a month during the uh, flea season, it does fleas and ticks, my dogs, none of my dogs have ever had side effects with Advantix, some people prefer Vector 3D, I think those are both really good, depends on your area and your dog and whatever. Speaking of that kind of medical stuff, um, you do need to have a good vet. I, I like small veterinary practices, like small, my small doctor's offices, and etc. Uh, and um, my, I'll just mention my my vet Jerry Denzel, D Z E N Z E L, in Orinda, California. I feel sorry for him. He's got to see these patients dying. It's got to be very hard if you're a dog lover. He's a very patient, kind man. 
not upselling grubby money grubber guy because like my dentist Tom Smith is whom I love also choose a good kind vet who's really about and feel a sense of empathy or sympathy for them because they have a difficult job they have a very high suicide rate and that's it I don't think I want to say anything else I think you've heard more than enough those are my thoughts on doggies and um, I'll just say that I uh, welcome your thumbs up and accept your thumbs down I always look forward to your comments and especially like it if you hit the share button below share on your social media so that my efforts can have broader impact and I am flattered if you choose to subscribe to my channel some of you are going to be listening to this in a podcast I end all my podcasts with this thing that I really like which is uh, we find comfort among those who agree with us growth among those who don't I am Marty Income. You've been listening to How to Do Life with Dr. Marty Nemco. For comments on the show or to consult with Dr. Marty Nemco, his email address is mnemko at comcast.net. Post-production of How to Do Life by Terry Rouse. Music by Blue Dot Session. Thanks for listening.